Welcome to another episode of the Blackocracy Podcast. The Blackocracy Podcast. Right now, you you are sitting down. Um, hopefully, it's a Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or any day of the week. And any day of the week. You're pressing play to listen to us mm-hmm. talk about things. Maybe to get you and to work. Think some things over. <laughs> yeah. Help us. Help us process. Help us process, and maybe even help you process, or at least just give you some, you know, some other ways to think of it. Maybe, maybe you already resonate with it. Hopefully, hopefully, that is the hope. And hit us up on social media if you don't. Um, at Sean Travis everywhere. Um, I am typically at Earthen Star everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, except Facebook, obviously. But if we're not already Facebook friends, we we don't we don't need exactly. (laughs) I need to shave them things down now. It keeps reminding me you're almost at the limit. You're almost at the limit, and every time it does that, I just literally think to myself, "How? (laughs) Like, it's not that I don't know five thousand people, but I am a thousand percent sure that I do not know all of those five thousand people. Like." And they don't interact. And I know a lot of that has to do with algorithm, but at the same time, and you know, I'm pretty uh, inflammatory or whatever with my words here and there, or at least I have been in the past years. So I know some folks got me as friends and I'm just on mute forever. They unfollowed me or whatever the case. Like, it's not giving me no type of impact. It's not bringing me no money. Like I gotta chop at least half these things. Like, this is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> or you just sell everything like everyone on social media right now. Right. <laughs> you just sell it all. Like yes. you make oh, yeah. oils, you start painting, um, you sell some vitamin products or whatever. Like you just, mm-hmm. get, just get to hustling. <laughs> because we're in a <laughs> pandemic and there's no relief from the government. Um, six hundred dollars is a lot of money. Uh, shine. What? What? Six hundred dollars is quite a bit of money. Okay. Um, you sound like if you like people Nancy. would just you like learn Nancy Pelosi right now how to budget. <laughs> you know, six hundred dollars is a lot of money for someone who hasn't had any money since March or April. When was it that that first? Uh, what you call it? The twelve hundred. Yeah, like March or April. It's been like eight or nine months, yo. Um, no, but seriously, like this is one of the biggest failures on both sides of horrendous the government. Republicans and Democrats um, have failed us. So horrendous. I would just like you guys to recognize that. And they're both against Medicare for all during a pandemic. Um, and they're mm-hmm. both pushing this vaccine and vaccine and getting back out into the world. Um, I can't say that I agree with that, uh, with that approach. They're pushing vaccines, plural. <laughs> vaccines. Okay. I, I don't. Because I, I, apparently I, niggas are still in a freaking bidding war. <laughs> I can <laughs> see. Who's doing the damn vaccine? Like we have to sit and watch 
updates of the news every day like oh like as if it's reality tv or it's one of them um challenge shows or whatever mm-hmm. like i love the greatest british breaking show i love the repairs shop stuff like that and yeah like i literally feel like i'm watching one of those like oh shit who gonna get the who gonna do the, oh finds us halfway out oh oh wait a minute wait, uh, oh okay oh they going with a new company for this week all right like <laughs> i gotta say like uh, Honestly, um, we've texted this privately, but, you know, I understand um, the African-Americans community's skepticism of vaccines um, and being a person who also studies Africa very well. I'm also very well aware with the vaccine trials that have happened there. So I completely understand people's skepticism. Um, But I have to say this. The American government also makes it no easier when they put on these theater performances um, instead of addressing the real problem, which is black people's treatment in the the field of medicine in this country. But instead, they put on these like theater shows, you know, like you're saying, like, really. And now this week they have a lot of our uh, government leaders like I think Nancy Pelosi got had her vaccine like Pence got his vaccine on TV um, just circus circus hacks um, so <clears throat> it's funny that you mentioned the um, the, the circusness going <laughs> on circosity if you circosity. will <laughs> the, the, cir- <laughs> the circanism the circusism <laughs> Oh my God. So part of that circus has been to take a black woman physician. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Miss Kazmika Corbett and push her out in the front and parade her around. And literally the words have come out of the mouths of like Fauci and I don't know who else. Did Biden say it? I don't know. But I know Fauci said it. Um, language akin to saying well black people should trust it because see it's a black woman doctor that like made it and is in um endorsing it oh let me uh, just before you finish also um the first vaccine circus show that we got to see in the new york city area was a mm-hmm. black woman doctor also injecting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely black woman doctor then um yeah and so like they've literally been saying in all different types of ways like i i don't i don't understand why black folks don't trust it or why why so many black people are saying they're not going to trust it or they're not going to take it see you have to take it because it's a black woman endorsing it or language like you know similar to that like i i don't uh i don't understand like why wouldn't you if there's um, the one leading the the charge is a black woman doctor? Like, of course they're going to, you know, do it. Like all different types of ways to kind of say essentially that. And it's like, okay, usually we assume and extrapolate or whatever that that's y'all's reasoning behind things. It's absolutely horrendous that you actually said that shit out loud. (laughs) like what (laughs) what like you literally are saying this on national television really for real 
<laughs> to, to not only all of America, but the entire globe, because you know they're watching this stupid shit as it unfolds. Really? You really said that out loud where we could hear you? We didn't have to just assume this time? Whoa! <laughs> I mean, you know what? You guys will... Um, I mean, a lot of people are this about our podcast, but a lot of it is like we are always given either whether it's through representation or whether it's through Black Lives Matter boulevards or Martin Luther King boulevards or skepticals on TV with Black representation. We're fed these images to, it's almost insulting to us. I mean, we've been fed this kind of stuff since forever. Um, Malcolm X talked in length about this same kind of display of Mm -hmm. representation, but like we're fed this and it's almost... To a lot of us at this point, it's insulting when you see these kind of things, because you know what? Instead of trying to run a campaign where you hammer two black people showing images of black people taking the vaccine, how about stop harming us in the medical industry in this country? Stop constantly making it okay for doctors and other people to give less medical attention to black women, to black men, to with the crazy numbers of black women who are killed by, you know, doctors and hospitals around this country. And it's almost like they are acknowledging that they are doing us harm on a daily basis when they do these, because they know that we are the ones that are targeted and who are killed. Um, constantly or who have been experimented on in this country they recognize that that's why they do it but their solution to us is because they go hey we can just give them this theater show and they're gonna fall in line and it's it's to me it's insulting to a lot of people it's insulting honestly but then there's still a percentage of people who go to bat for the system and who go see no you guys are you guys are dumb no <laughs> you know they uh there's a large amount of people who still are believe in this nation for some reason um but it's it's insulting you know to be fed these images and go you guys could solve this in a substantive way um but instead we're fed imagery you know it's ridiculous yeah <clears throat> i mean you know what a difference a couple months make so just, <laughs> or, or how about this, that, how about this? That, if someone went on tv and just from maybe fauci and he goes listen i understand that black women are <laughs> highly affected um in this country have been experimented on have been have higher numbers of death during childbirth um but this vaccine and not blame it on our perceived poor health yeah um and nutrition because exactly that's always the default yeah. to say well black women and black people are you know they have the highest rates and this and that that's always the first thing out of anyone's mouth about any subject like this in any oh, way since we're on this i have to say um Listen, I know that there's a lot of people who want us to take this vaccine because of the high numbers in which we are being killed by this virus. So before I say my next statement, I just need to acknowledge that, right? Like I understand that we are at the highest numbers of being killed and that's because a lot of us are essential. Um, A lot of it is because of the negligence of the medical industry and the medical field in this country. 
but please stop trying to reduce the impact of the Tuskegee experiments to justify folks taking this is because I see these celebrities who are like, the Tuskegee Airmen weren't really injected. So like, you guys need to be quiet. Um, That's the argument. Yeah. I'm going to have, even the lady who wrote the, what's the project? Um, Drones. She had a oh, 1619 Yeah, she had a similar I, I had to unfollow her on Twitter, but that's a whole other story. But um she had a similar sentiment and I'm just like okay. You guys do understand that black people were still subject to an experiment by the government in which they were lied to, right? Um and they were the the go between was a black woman. Um so like it's a very similar situation in many aspects. Um, and then the Tuskegee experiment was not the only time that Black people were experimented on um, or who were taken advantage of by the health industry, by the medical industry in this country. Like, there are justified reasons to be suspicious of this. And I just hate when people use us to justify um a government position or the position of the American government. While I also do say that conspiracy theory stuff is ridiculous, but you have to kind of have good judgment and you have to do your research to kind of understand what's what's real and what's not. I just hate when we kind of use our own history against ourselves to justify um, the wrongdoings of this country to kind of make us okay with things. Um, we don't have to do that. Like you don't have to lessen the impact of the Tuskegee experiment to you know, persuade people to take a vaccine. There are other ways to do that. Um, so that's just really uh, my cool. issue there. In in addition to what you've already um, explained, um, my issue there is that people bring stuff up and they make these reach ass arguments because like that's a reach and that's not where my brain automatically goes when you say that and I think if people thought it through and realized what they're actually implying they wouldn't have brought up that example at all because the thing is folks are afraid of taking a shot that has anything to do with the government because in the experiment, specifically because of that experiment, because nine times out of 10, people don't know the other experiments and there were yeah. <laughs> many. I mean, but you but, got people, okay. But wait, wait, wait. So what people don't, it's, it's, it's a strange mental disconnect there because the very reason why folks use that example as the reason why they're not going to take the shot is because yeah y'all told these people that they were getting these shots and they were getting inoculated and they actually fucking weren't you were putting like sugar water in them or some shit yeah. like so that's kind of the point y'all told them they were getting treatment and you were giving them nothing <laughs> Do you not see the connection here? I don't want you to tell me that you're giving me treatment. I take the treatment and you're actually giving me some bullshit. That's the whole point. Because y'all didn't give them treatment. That's exactly why I don't want you touching me. <laughs> because when you touch them, you did not treat them. Yeah. So I don't want you to touch me. 
because then you're probably not going to treat me. That's the whole point. And so that's very strange for me to now know that people are using it for the opposite reason, because that opposite shit that they reached and made up, that that's not even where my brain first went. If you say Tuskegee, you know, syphilis experiment and a vaccine, black folks not trusting, you know, my mind automatically goes to, well, clearly I'm not going to take this because y'all said y'all was helping them and you didn't. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just not, <laughs> you know. And again, I think we both are very clear where it's like you make up your mind about the vaccine um, and when you're going to take it or if you're going to be it. honest, I haven't made up my mind yet. Yeah, I mean that's that's a personal. I'm not thing. about to. Yeah, and there are people on both <laughs> sides of the field. And yes, you've heard me say this a thousand times. If you're a listener, we pay too much attention to the fringes. We give them too much mm-hmm. credit. And yes, there are going to be people on both sides of the fringe who um, give all kinds of conspiracy theories of you know why people shouldn't. And then there's going to be the the people on the other side who are like. Yay, go America, um, black capitalism, yada, yada, yada. So there are going to be people on both sides of the fence here. Um, I just don't like to- people talk. I always say I don't, I, I can't stand when folks talk to and talk at black folks like we're petulant children who have to be, oh, wow. you know, taught and told what to do. That's Yeah, like I, I just, I, I don't really, I almost never care what it is you're saying as much. I really care about the fact that you keep talking at me like I'm a damn child. I have reasons. I have reasons, even if you think they're laughable or whatever. But, and that's the other thing. It's like the arguments really are, um, you know, black folks ain't taking it or don't want to take it or whatever. The other argument is not, it's, it's not coming with the tone of, Oh, you really, you really should like it. That's not the tone I've been hearing most of the time. I've heard it sometimes, but not most of the time. Not a oh, well, you should because of this good reason and that good reason. It's of course you should take it. Like you're dumb for not wanting to take it. Like why? How, I can't believe like how how what is wrong with you? Why don't you want to take it? Look, we got a black woman doctor right here. Look, is it you know people been sitting around with the sea moss and whatever? You know, <laughs> like you know, it, like it's we always gotta beat each other up, right? Yeah, like it's that, and and well, not even from us. It, it's coming from you know all powers that be too, and it's like that that like that's, or or really that is my initial focus, not so much what we're saying to each other, yeah. but you know the circus and the parade of it all. That's what they're doing, and like they're coming at us with that tone, and that's the problem. And I don't know, uh, you know, if anybody knows how, like, either the human brain works or have, you know, realized enough about our patterns as Black folks. But, like, if you tell us we... you, you If you tell us... Um, that we can't do something or we shouldn't do something. Like if you apply pressure, we really gonna fight it. Then like we not, fu- no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to listen to that. We just absolutely don't, you know? And like, if you talk to kids that way, if you talk to adolescents or grown people, just regular ass people, if you talk to them that way and rightly so, they gonna go, who the hell are you talking to? I don't have to do nothing you talking about, what? <laughs> We have to also understand, too, that the bigger picture, again, your decision to take the vaccine, I'm with you either way. 
you're a black person, I love you. That's period. So yep, take it. it like that. But we have to understand the the gen, the actual reason for the push for vaccine, right? Um, Republicans and Democrats, since we started off the show talking about the relief, neither one of them are proposing a monthly stimulus. They're not trying to prevent evictions. Um, neither one of them are pushing for universal health care. Neither one of them are pushing for um, race-specific or class poverty-specific policies to stop the the problem that's going on with this pandemic that's killing the economy and killing us um neither one of them are doing any of that um they're allowing people to go evicted they're giving more money both democrats and republicans want to shower the police with more money um Mm -hmm. and they're they're both they're both pushing against universal health care um so you know what that means that means they're understanding that people are going to be evicted into the streets. They want more cops to control the people if there's any unrest. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. give us this vaccine and push us back out into the world. And we're going to, even when you get the vaccine, the CDC says you still need to wear a mask. You know, so like this thing is still going to be around. Um, so, And they don't know how long the actual shot last they yeah. don't like everything is unknown right now yeah. and so you know, like you know biden put out his three-point plan uh on twitter a couple weeks ago and his three-point plan was um take the vaccine um and open the schools up and i forgot what the third point was um but neither okay. one of them was monthly stimulus or um you know health care expansion or any of that um it's it's trump light or, or just trump period um it's trump-esque so like yes. there is no trump being is. saved by this government it's about pushing a vaccine so that cosmetically things mm-hmm. are better and they that they can now justify pushing people mm-hmm. out into the streets and pushing kids into schools mm-hmm. um so that's the reason for this. So you have to, you always have to dig deeper beyond rhetoric when it comes to what this country is, you know, messaging to you. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's completely ridiculous. Um, but I, yeah, like you said, I just hate when we talk to each other or we use our own history, um, especially to persuade our people to do things that this government is telling us to do. Um, that's why we had the whole episode about voting is because while we can understand voting, um, there's a deeper uh-huh. reason for it. Um, so like, you know, it, it, you always have to dig deeper, but yeah, take the vaccine if you want. Jessica's figuring out if she's going to take it. I'm, I'm definitely waiting. I'm gonna let some of y'all go first. And... Right. So <laughs> let me give that caveat and be real clear about that. I, <laughs> Even if I end up taking it, which I very much doubt, y'all, I'm gonna be honest. I don't be taking shots like that. Like, like I do, I do believe in vac. I do believe in being vaccinated. So let me let me yeah, start I there. I believe in being vaccinated, particularly though as an adult. Now, of course, there are some that you should take when you're a kid or whatever, like the freaking measles joint. But hey, um. I'm also not, I, I know that everybody knows that there are things that I am passionate about or whatever. Like I came in here and like fussed at y'all about voting in various mm-hmm. different ways while understanding people who don't. Um, I'm not going to do this with vaccines. <laughs> like 
mm, you don't have to worry. Like, I do not feel that strongly about it. I don't. Um, I took my first uh, flu. My first ever flu vaccination was one year ago. And it's because right. I was going to Mozambique and you have to take like a certain kind of shot. Like it's like a flu yeah. shot. Um, yeah. But that was my first time I ever took one. Um, I've only taken two flu shots ever. Um, and they were both, were they both in my 20s? Yeah, yeah. They were both in my 20s and both times that I took the, and I'm really not trying to, you know, spread that like urban lore that we always do, but I'm just going to be completely honest. Both years that I took the shot, I got the flu. <laughs> so <laughs> literally second time's the charm for my ass. That second time it happened, I was like, oh, I see a pattern here. I'm not doing that again. Um, balance. I took mine. I didn't get the flu. So if, if you're looking for balance. Yeah, see, see, I'm I'm not trying to say that that's like any type of rule across the board. And I don't I'm not trying to feed into, you know, people saying that because I've heard people say it tons. You know, black folks, we have our little adages about everything. So, you know, I'm not adding to that at all because I don't necessarily think that it's entirely, you know, what indicative of one or the other. But I'm just saying that both years that I took it, I got the flu. <laughs> and I really literally did. Um, not only was that extremely freaking expensive for me because I was born with asthma. Anytime you have any type of respiratory thing going on and you get any one of these extreme cold types of uh, sicknesses, they like keep you for observation and all that type of stuff. They monitor you in the hospital and whatever because, you know, it can trigger your lung stuff and turn into this whole other thing with some long name that I can't remember. Um, and you could die. So <laughs> I'm not playing with my fate that way. Yeah. <laughs> taking that damn shot again. No, I'm never taking a flu shot again. <laughs> Ever. There you go. But again, make up, <laughs> again, make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, make up your own mind. You are not me. <laughs> so there you go. Um, thing. I know there's always a debate about whether or not people should vaccinate their kids. I have no stake in that debate. <laughs> I also do not yet have children and am not pregnant. So <laughs> do I have a decision as to where that lands? I don't to be honest and i'm a birth worker i am a doula other people have you know in consultations they ask me what is your uh whatever on vaccinating hey i am here from a holding space and strength-based perspective i believe in what you believe <laughs> i don't have a I'll have no dog in this fight because whatever it is that, you know, I'll inform, I'll support um, and what have you. But beloved, entire human rights, self-determination, um, you know, uh, strength-based perspective. I believe in what you believe. If you want your kids vaccinated, hey, then we going to advocate and talk about some vaccinating stuff, you know with the people and, uh, you know, help support you through that conversation and whatever. Get your talking points for you go in. So, okay, nobody railroads you. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever the case may be. If you're against vaccinated, hey, then we gonna fight it tooth and nail. I'm with it. Whatever it is you want. <laughs> um, you know, 
as long as you're a good fit for me. But oh. hey, <laughs> you know, I get why folks don't fuck with it. I, I surely do. Yeah, and I mean, again, do your own due diligence. And we're not here to talk down on anyone. Um, we're just here to share our experiences and the mm-hmm. share information that we have, you know, for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. So, another couple of things. I guess, you know, eventually we were going to, like, do, like, a life update. <laughs> but we just I jumped. Still, I think we kind of still should. We kind of still could. That's true. Um... I think we could, because I definitely want to talk about these family gatherings and and gifting what that looks like <laughs> this year. Let's do some of this. Let's let's get into it. Well, yeah, we still can. Actually, no. Let's no. let's just push on, and then we can end with with. Yeah. I think because you know okay. end on some positivity. <laughs> okay. We still got some some messiness to really discuss real quick. Oh yeah. Um. If you, yes, guys, if you guys have uh, been aware, um, I know I've we've prob- we've critiqued a lot of people who have been in the grifting space um, in, a di- in different aspects of um, of society, right? Um, we've talked about politicians who are grifters, and um, you know it's hard out here for a grift. <laughs> But the biggest grifter to me right now is probably BLM. And I mean, BLM, not, I'm not talking about the the movement, so to speak. I'm talking about the organization. Um, Recently, The Economist put out an article that says uh, BLM, um, I'm going to be specific. It's uh, BLM uh, activities have grossed. Um, over 10.6 billion in donations, um, and much of that has been to the actual BLM Global Network um, organization. And uh, about two weeks before this article came out, 10 BLM chapters um, released a statement, um, and you can go on blmchapterstatement.com to read the entire statement in full. Um, but the statement from the front lines of the BLM, which are the local chapters, to be very specific. Um, you have 10 local chapters around the country have come out to ask the BLM Global Network for accountability. So you can go on that website. Again, it's blmchapterstatement.com to read the whole thing. But essentially what they're asking for is for financial transparency, um, because according to the, those 10 chapters, they have requested this on numerous occasions and they have received none. Um, they have also asked for Patrice Colors, who is, uh, some of you may know, is one of the three founders, original founders. She's actually the only one who is left at the organization of the three um, officially. She has made herself the executive director against the will of most of the local chapters. And so they are asking her to step down. Um, And there's about, I would say, five other demands that you guys can read in full. Um, I'm gonna let you guys do that. But essentially what they're asking for is transparency on several different levels of the BLM global network. Um, uh, (laughs) There's a lot going on here in this statement, but what I can can say though is, we understand that both there's a, a, a level of conservatives and also 
um, a lot of people within the Black community who have been supremely skeptical of the BLM Global Network, some for justified reasons, some for misogynistic reasons, for oh, yeah. <laughs> um, homophobic reasons, um, some for... And, and that's what that's really the main reason why I I was not to say that I was hesitant to approach this topic at all or or to include it because mm-hmm. um, you know I'm, I'm I'm with the shits but yeah like I, I was it made me cringe for obvious reasons like when you um, you know brought it up to me in a, in a private chat or whatever um, when you showed me that this was going on. Um, not to say that we shouldn't have all seen this coming um because it's you know it's been rumors and stuff about the money that they get for years but um like i cringe because i'm like and you know this is this is what the colonized slash traumatized oppressed brain does like the minute you see something you can't just take it for the criticism that's or the feeling or thought that's necessary right off the top your brain automatically either the first thought or or the second thought immediately is damn how are they going to use this to attack us so (laughs) you know that being said I cringe because my brain automatically went to two things. One, the 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 ism people within our own community, like you said, the the you know misogynist, the anti this, the the phobic that. Those folks, once they catch wind of it, is gonna have a field day, and gonna try their best to therefore and thereby delegitimize everything else that anything having to do with Black Lives Matter, even as a hashtag and movement having nothing to do with that organization. Um, Anytime anyone speaks up, you know, um, against the dominant narrative in any way, even in our own communities, folks are going to be able to say, ha ha, look, see, we told you those women, those queers and those such and such. Right. So that's the, the first, oh shit thought. And the second, oh shit thought is then of course, um, you know, all of the folks outside of our community who can then use that as an example not that they were going to, you know, think anything we were doing was legit to start with, but <laughs> use that as an example, like, oh, see, see, and they was making all that noise for all those months, and we let them put it on the basketball jerseys and such and such and such, and they was crooks the whole time. You know, like, people, again, the, the, the opposition, no matter what it is, or, you know, those contrarian folks or those ism folks, be they are color or not, they gonna take this shit and run a marathon with it, and we're gonna have to feel the 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 effects of that. Yeah, um, but I'm all with exposing and dragging through the mud people who manipulate and steal from our people. So I'm with I'm with the shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was not to say I was looking forward to it coming because that sounds weird, but like I I, I knew this was coming in some type of way somebody was going to start poking at the money eventually and asking questions and i mean for me Uh, too um uh i've never really been a fan of like of black lives matter the actual network and um i've i've said it a few times not on i've never said it on this podcast but i've said it just in private a lot of people because one it is what it is they're not paying me and according to their books they're only paying 
the people at the top of the organization anyway. Exactly. They're, not, they're not even paying the local chapter. So, um, exactly. but you, you always have to be wary of people who use the pain and suffering of black folks to, um, to enhance their lives. And what I say by that is like, yes, people have to have jobs and people have to get paid from doing the work they do. I'm with that. But when it comes to stealing from people or making commitments to fund these local chapters who are actually in the streets um, Mm -hmm. and you don't honor that and you don't, and they have to do things to support themselves by any means necessary. Um, When you begin to lie on your involvement in struggles and things so that you can get um, a Warner Brothers deal, which one of the three founders just recently got, when you can get large sum speaking fees, speaking on things that you actually don't intimately know about, but you use the experiences of people who you um, Mm -hmm. don't invite on these panels. and you have MSNBC gigs and you get this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's um, talking tours. that thing. That's the kind of thing where <laughs> I am not accepting of. And I peep the griff very early. Um, and then also, I just haven't been a fan of the whole message from them because as inclusive as I as I want to be, I think a large sum of our people are left out in the cold when it comes to a lot of these large organizations. I think a lot of these organizations really speak for the middle class bourgeoisie blacks and they don't speak for the blacks who are actually being um, have, a, have a foot on their necks and are hurt. Um, and when they do speak for us, it's usually when one of us are dead and they're trying to get some grant money. Um, so I'll move Leverage. On. <laughs> um, but also, uh, someone else who was actually in in the streets in Ferguson, Tory Russell. Um, he's mm-hmm. the he's the director for the International Black Freedom Alliance. He also put out a statement. Um, again, he was in the front lines in Ferguson. Um, he put out a statement as well on the um, the International Black Freedom Alliance website, um, ibfa.org, um, called Black Lives Matter, and he also gained some some press, I guess you'd say, because he was, you know, he vented on there about his personal experience with them in Ferguson. Um, And when I say them, I mean the three founders. Um, So, yeah, uh, recently, I think Patrice Kolesh had a a small statement where she denied the claims of the the 10 local chapters. And, um, you know, and of course she would. And that's, that's expecting, we're expecting that. But the hypocrisy, I think, that a lot of people highlighted is um, when Biden became president, um, she put out a, a letter and, you know, asked for a meeting so they could discuss some things and with no demands in it, because for some reason, black folks don't demand anything from the Democratic Party. But she wanted to meet. And a lot of people took that as you want to meet to get a job. And then mm-hmm. about a, a month ago, she put up uh, a couple of weeks ago. She put up a post on the actual BLM Instagram, which yeah. is still there. Um, so you can go on there and see it. But she said it's been 30 days since we've contacted Biden and we have not received a response. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I just laughed out loud. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, because at that time, they hadn't responded to the 10 local chapters in their own organization right. who are asking for transparency. So it was just the hypocrisy. Um 
and also the, the mental gymnastics to be to call yourself a black revolutionary or a black radical organization, which they are far from, but to say that, but then ask people to vote for someone without a demand. And then people use black revolutionaries like Malcolm X and so on and so on, who asked that black people have an agenda before we give our votes to people. But just to do that um, and then come out and say, you know, Biden hasn't responded to us. Well, Biden did talk to some black civil rights leaders. <laughs> talk to being used loosely. <laughs> but what's, what's um, I mean, I, I know what that tactic is too, though. Like that tactic is um, I'm going to ignore or act better than um, all of the squabbling and all all of the attacks and things that I see, I'm going to behave above that. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to appear better than all of you or that I have the moral high ground because while you're busy squabbling, I was still continuing to do the work. I had reached out to Biden and them and they didn't answer me. <laughs> so now you see who's more about the work and who's more on brand and on message. While y'all are busy trying to attack me, I was just doing the work. <laughs> that's what that look. That's what that reads to me. No, I mean you know, you're right. maybe my maybe my brain's a little twisted, but that's what that reads to me. No, you're right. You're correct in that in that analysis. Um, but all, in, in, in the same vein of that, in that same breath, um, while they, while it appears that they are doing some sort of work, which Lord knows we're not really sure what that is, um, there are people who are- well, My question is, is contacting them for what? To say what? To do what? Yeah. Contact them for what? You're, you're not a lawmaking body whatsoever. You don't get any legislate uh, any legislation successfully pushed through you you y'all don't lobby or whatever as far as I know and even if they do then uh, t- what what have they what uh, piece of law have they gotten through successfully then if they are folks who lobby I ain't seen it so well, and also and also Jessica you gotta understand too not to go into the whole tool of the Democratic Party but they are. I mean, yeah. um, they, you know, it, it's, it's a function of them is to tell people to vote for Democrats. It's electoralism, right? It's Democrats, Democrats, Democrats on all many levels. And I mean, that's for several reasons. It's because of a lot of the people who work for them also um, are a part of the Democratic Party in some way. A lot of the Democratic leadership they want to align themselves with for several reasons that you could probably think of. Um, so... My thing is, if I'm anyone in the Biden admin, one, why would I need to sit down and talk to you for? Right. Sit down and talk to you for what? Yeah, you're going to, listen, you're going to push people to vote for us. Right? (laughs) We got you. We got y'all. So we don't need to sit down and talk to y'all. And also, Biden has his civil rights friends, which we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. He got his people. He'd been taking advantage of for 30 years and 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 walked his ass into uh 
or whoever else, Pelosi or whoever, with the kente cloth around them, child. And, you know. <laughs> yes. My issue, a lot of my big issue, though, is like how you were talking Biden's about. I've always been invited to the kickout. This narrative of them doing the work. Well, how about the fact that we are still having activists being shot and killed? The, I, I call it the Ferguson effect. It's the, uh, the people who are actually on the front lines, who are the people who are actually in the streets planning protests, protesting um, police brutality and systemic racism. Those are the people that months after these protests are being shot and killed in the streets. Um, and even recently, uh, last Friday, I believe it was, rest in peace to uh, Chris Smith. He's a 42-year-old activist in Kentucky. He was shot on Friday um, in Louisville, Kentucky, um, because of his part in protesting for Bianca Taylor. Um, and about uh, two weeks before that, another activist in Louisville, Kentucky was shot. This is after the large protest that happened. Um, it's called the Ferguson Effect, as some might know, because People like Darren Seal and others um, on the ground in Ferguson were shot mysteriously or killed in mysterious fashion. Um, and it's no it, it's no coincidence. This is a pattern across this country of protesters who long after the uprisings are somehow taken off this earth. Um, and it's still going on. And so I think the biggest thing that really hurt a lot of people is in the same week that Louisville activists are being killed um, mm -hmm. and people are asking for BLM to take accountability, they're just dodging like the matrix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and again, I'm talking about the BLM global network. I'm not talking about local chapters, um, but some local chapters are now beginning to change their names from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, and also, we are going to get into the Ferguson effect, or I plan to. Um, but again, I don't want to speak too in-depth on things without really formulating my thoughts. But um, again, rest in peace to Chris Smith um, and all the other activists who are being murdered. Um, it's disturbing. Um, so that's why when I see things like, you know, grifting in the activist space, it really makes me feel away so yes. <laughs> and we've talked about them before um but just with this news on blm happening i, I thought we had to shed some light on it yeah uh what else oh. had biden did, did we did we cover <laughs> biden hollering um hollering at the cbc no was that a natural transition <laughs> that was in pre-pod yo pre-pod <laughs> Listen, y'all. You wanna go ahead? Go ahead, Jesse. Talk about it first. He really is like, or he thinks he is like Uncle Joe, Cotton Eye Joe. You know, I don't know. Damn it! Like, man. <laughs> he said they was on Zoom, right? Yeah, yeah. He sat on Zoom and fussed out. The Congressional Black Caucus, like, he they damn daddy or something. I, I like, have the list here, y'all. <laughs> I pulled the list of people who was on that call up because I felt it necessary to do so. <laughs> <Because> they, <laughs> they 
All right, so this is the list of people. Okay, actually, let's give some background. So yeah, like Jessica said, um, a couple weeks ago, um, since we just talked about BLM, so Joe Biden has not, not yet, I'm sure at some point he probably will, and maybe the founders will get a job in the Biden admin or something like that. <laughs> but uh, a couple of weeks ago, Biden did have a meeting with some civil rights leaders. But these were his old pals from the NAACP. This is the, this is the, the, the guard here of civil okay. rights in this yeah. country. The, the, you got the, the NAACP. The van, should, is it a vanguard? Uh, leave the leave the vanguard for like the 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 uhurus and the the you know for those types of folks. All right. The, 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 well, I got the, names. I got names here. We got Mark, vanguard for those. We got Mark Morial from the National Urban League. We got Derek Johnson, who is the uh, president, the NAACP leader. You got Melanie Campbell. Who is the? Uh, she is another activist coalition builder. Uh, Kristen Clark of the uh, Committee for Civil Rights. You got uh, Vanita Gupta. Um, you have Cheryl Phil or Sharon Eiffel, I think it is. I'm sorry, Sherilyn Eiffel, the president and direct counsel of the NAACP, and of course our old friend Reverend Al. Okay, so I was wrong then. Why did I think it was the CBC? I don't know. I thought but, it was yeah. Too, I mean, you got. I was wrong. Um, well, you know, yeah. Clyburn is a. You know, they, he got them too. They they in yeah. the pocket too. But yeah. the gist of this, and this whole video is on YouTube. So you just go on YouTube, and you search the word Biden meeting with civil rights leaders. Um, and to be clear, y'all, in case you haven't realized, like I've read about what was said. I did not actually watch it. I have this thing about not watching things that's going to traumatize me or make me think. <laughs> so especially when it comes to black folks, like if, if black folks are in any type of either um, life threatening or dangerous or like um, abusive, oppressive or even just um like making a fool out of yourself situation, Jessica don't watch those. So. Yeah, typically I I avoid them too. I try to, but as you were, no, yeah, I was gonna say I try to also avoid it, but um, and I only watch clips of this guys, but the full video is on YouTube. So again, uh, feel free to go in there, and uh, if it's if it's your thing to kind of uh, humiliation, you go in and watch <laughs> this. Um, but I'm just gonna highlight a couple parts in this thing. So again, uh, Biden, met, Biden and Kamala had a Zoom call with these civil rights leaders. Um, and on this call, Biden says a few things that his tone obviously is, as we discussed before, is very, um, what you said, talking to p- petulant children. Was that what you said before? Or um, yeah. talking, you can say talking down. You can say the Obama tone, right? So... <laughs> He basically no, said, Obama's tone is a little nicer. Yeah, you <laughs> to me. This, 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 is like, this is the old white man who just mm-hmm. he just feels in his mind that he is superior to these folks. Like Obama has the kind of like, come on, guys. Like, like he's he's the um, cooler, older, like you know, OG or something. He's like, come, come on, guys, come on. Like his tone is more that. Biden ain't got that tone. <laughs> he's, he's like, 
you gotta get it together <laughs> now we we touched on this how this country feeds black folks representation till our minds go numb uh, I, I'm just always saddened that that's really all some people need. And while I understand that representation is huge because seeing things can help you feel like it's possible, also we have to now ask ourselves the second question, which is possible to do what and for whom? That should be like the two and three question. But anyway, so Biden starts off this uh, call and there's a question about his his cabinet choices. Now, if you guys haven't seen some of the cabinet choices, feel free to Google Biden cabinet choices. Every website has a list of them. Um, but Biden has made some representational choices. A lot of black people, black men and women heading some large segments of government, typically um, with some questionable backgrounds though. Um, and so this panel asks him about continuing his appointees and biden literally says if what i haven't if what i've done so far doesn't count for y'all then to hell with y'all i would like to say that there is no demographic (laughs) there is no demographic that would be talked to like that if you're trying to build bridges if what I had done doesn't count for y'all, to hell with y'all. <laughs> I mean, he goes on also to tell them that I'm the only white boy who's been calling out racism. What? <laughs> He said, I'm the one who ran against that racist son of a gun. Son of a gun. And then one yes, of them, I can't wait for all that type of language for the next time. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Yo, of, oh my God. And I'm gonna Yo. end this I'm gonna end this uh this quick summary because this uh, to my knowledge, I believe this this Zoom call was was about an hour long or somewhere in that vein. But again, the full recording, it's this is a December 8th virtual meeting with Biden and Kamala. Um, but he in one of my craziest points is he goes on to say that racism is dying out because of all the biracial commercials on TV. He said, look on TV, this generation, there's a bunch of biracial commercials. That means everyone, you know, we're we're getting better. There's progress. Baby, I cannot wait for this type of rhetoric. I can't. Yo, I'm so ready. Oh, my God. I need this type of comedy relief from that other dude. (laughs) Biracial commercials? Oh, my God. It's going to be so funny. All the biracial <laughs> commercials. Yo, uh, who is it? Then I don't know. We had somebody. We were taking, um, taking, taking bets or like betting each other as to like how is it how how deep do y'all think we gonna get into twenty twenty one before? Buying cuss on TV. I'll tell you it's coming, yo. No, he In the not. first six months, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. He gonna cuss on TV. I'm telling you. 
he, he also made a statement where he said that in a few years, um, a lot of non-white Europeans and Spanish and uh, Latino people will be the leading minorities in this country. And if we want to do anything, we're going to have to talk to them. We're going to have to build some bridges with them. <laughs> with the Latinos. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yo. This is ridiculous. Hey, he, hey, he might win some of them Trumpers right back over with that type of talk. They're going to be to know that I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a clip in this have a point they're going to say. Oh my God. I can't wait for the stupid shit that comes out of his mouth. I can't. I can't. I'm just so ready. I'm so ready for my presidency. <laughs> it's never gonna be a dull freaking moment. They should have been that my face is good. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's just how off the rails I am at this point. They shove a mic in that man's face and he gotta go off the top of the head. It's never yo. Oh my lord. Like the like the only real good thing that he is good with doing is in saying something profound and, and touching and, and empathetic when it, with regard to people losing their loved ones. Any type of talk outside of that, yo, Joe is going to fire off them shots, yo. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be a it's going to be a lot of crap. A lot of a lot of bull crap, a lot of crap is going to be said. A lot of malarkey. We're going to get some malarkeys. <laughs> It's going to be some blonies. <laughs> he really told them folks to hell with y'all if y'all don't think you. And they just, it's going to be a whole lot of hells. <laughs> they just all sat there. Nobody said anything. Kamala just sat there, you know, smiling, you know, <sighs> nervous smiles on and Sharpton just sat there. They all just, they just let this, my thing is this. Um, When you allow people to talk to you like that, and then you see how these same people talk to their own people. The contrast is amazing. Um, and it goes back to what you said, Jessica, earlier about um, how people allow, how people talk to us, right? You, 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 were, you said you were talking specifically not about black people, but I want to bring in black people and how we talk to each other on social media, how we talk to each other. Um, and then when a white person with power steps into a room you can see the energy shift and we become smaller and that's what you had to look at on this call these people who make careers off of either trying to talk with us to gain some kind of money or talk down to us when the mass of black people are asking for help and then you see them on the call with this guy who's making such inflammatory and idiotic statements and they just sit there and shrink. I mean, the miniature boy said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, I knew immediately. <laughs> we was going to be in for a ride, boy. Like, <laughs> And the, the, the barrel of laughs just has not stopped. Like, he's here. <laughs> black folks. Somebody Ooh. said, y'all really let your elders talk to y'all. <laughs> Your elders really just sat there and let that white man, white man yell at them like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. 
and, the, and then they turn around and use the same type of paternalistic, you know, uh, talk at us, yeah. <laughs> or, or not even so much us. That again, then that's that's where the classism and the bourgeoisiness comes in, right. because there's always that. Um, I don't even want to say scapegoat, but there's always that. Um, kind of allusion to you know the nebulous bottom of the barrel of us that people you know swear is there and that we have to always account for or teach how to live better or whatever the case may be you know the poorest of our folks in the hood or whatever the most basic who have the least education and all that other type of stuff who are apparently so dumb that they don't know what food is and you know those folks um, who have the you know the the worst health and they don't take good care of themselves and all this other t- they don't save money properly they don't save money enough they don't cover themselves for you know all emergencies and stuff like that these people who either can't manage or mismanage anything financial you know those folks those folks that we gotta pull up by their and our bootstraps those folks like that's that's always the context of Mm -hmm. the argument of everything and anything that is addressed to us among us about us and this really goes across the board for ideology or um tribe because you know we're very tribal and whatever tribalism within us and whatever that but that you know whether it is um no matter how much it is or is not based on real lived people or real lived experience or real folks in our community no matter how true that is or is not that is always the thing that even without saying it they say it and they don't say it that's what everybody's excuse me basing their arguments and and positions and things like that on those people and and so it's it's just just all those isms (laughs) that that's full of and just taking that paternalistic tone with us as a people because you know of those folks and you know what we don't want to do how we don't want to be and all these other types of things of course you know sprinkled to hell with white gays but you know whatever and how much our own people thereby mimic and impose the white gaze whether it's actually there or not um and you know reproduce it and whatever like just just all of that with how our own people no matter who the hell you are um and this goes across the board with even you know so-called pan-african um revolutionary organizations or whatever the majority of them still have that talking down to you type of way no matter which way they're coming at you you know so like or or no matter which um group it is that they're focusing on at any given time you know that there's always that tone that reproducing white supremacy's paternalistic tone yeah and, and I mean, respectability politics as you always um bring up too yeah and i think it it that tone is is interesting uh, we could have a whole show on that because there's so mm-hmm. many different maybe um, we should <laughs> especially you know where i see that tone a lot it's in black ac- academia and um black academia i would say even some of like the black press um 
And then even extending on that, um, April Ryan was going on, uh, if you guys don't know, she's a very, very, very long time White House correspondent and journalist. Um, she was like, she was mad at the video being leaked, not at what was said on the video. Um, and, you know, respect to all the work that she has done over the years. But she, you know, we have a thing where we're so Democrat, Republican, we stake our lives on that division and not what's happening to our people. Right. So, like, you know, she spent years going to battle with Trump for like how he spoke to people. And then when this video Biden gets leaked, her issue was the leak. Well, it must have maybe the Russians hacked it. Maybe somebody. <laughs> no, someone on that call decided to save the recording and then send it out to the press. That's that's what happened. Um, but, um, you know, we can't we have to learn where to put our our anger um, in a lot of situations. And then we also have to realize that a lot of us are just not invested in us. They're, we're invested in the system. Um, and that's just kind of like the division. But to see like this tone being used and I, my mind immediately went to what you said, which was like, this is how many of these people talk to us. And I'm gonna, you know, I'd like we said, maybe not us specifically, but like when we are not falling in line or when black people are asking for help. Um, and I know we, we spoke about Obama, but like, you know, recently Obama came out and admonished folks for the defund the police slogan. Well, since then, police are still killing and we're still being hurt. And I just don't hear him say anything unless it's telling us to get in line or he has a new Spotify thing or podcast playlist he wants to share or a reading book list. Um, but like a lot of his public statements are get in line. And a lot of those people on that call, their statements are typically get in line. You guys asking for for this and that. You guys want this? Well, vote blue. Vote yeah. Vote for vote for a Democrat. Vote for this. Vote for this corporate Democrat. <laughs> the Clyburns of the world who tell us to shut up when we ask for Medicare for all, but they're getting millions and millions of dollars from pharma companies. Or we we're tip. Or you know, we're, this is the kind of tone that they take when they're talking to us. Um, this like you said, paternalistic tone. But then to see this call. Um, and it, for it to get out and be such a trending thing online because of how they just sat there and allowed themselves to be talked down to in such a manner and to be told that this guy is doing enough and to hell with y'all. Um, it was just astounding. And in the beginning, I was just like you where I was cringy. But then when I watched the clips, I, was, I began to laugh like you did because I'm just like, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> And I also understand that I do not lend my faith into any of those folks when it comes to a better world. So I'm, I feel a little bit better because they're not, if you're not fighting for the same struggle I am and you don't identify the same problems, then I really don't have any, I don't have any tie to you in that manner where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to watch you get, I mean, if I, if this is what you do, I'm glad the world gets to see this. Um, and I'm hoping that there are future um, activists and people who are seeing this and going, I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be my generation of, of leaders in this community. 
because a lot of uh, of what we're taught from the past is like be meek, be quiet, and be humble when you're around these white power symbols, um, and for uh, for understanding reasons, right? Because a lot of our ancestors had to do that so that they could get progress. But then when you you get to the point that we're in the year 2020 and a lot of those people, they don't do it for survival. They do it so that they can continue to get money from those structures, right? Like Sharpen isn't being quiet because he's just trying to get by. Sharpen's being quiet because why the hell would I interrupt Joe Biden? I'm about to get some money. I'm about to get a few million off of this initiative. Like. It's a personal investment in the power structure. Um, we talked about it in the episode before where I was talking about the, the, the writer Jason Johnson was saying that, um, you know, uh, our, our, our political leaders have to um, enact policies that they don't like because they're just trying to survive in the system. And it's like, no, dude. Um, they're getting millions of dollars. Clyburn is getting millions upon millions. It's, this is transparent information from pharma companies. Um, he's not doing it like it's the, the 60s and Jim Crow where he's just trying to get a job. He's taking advantage of the system and, paying, and playing his part. The same with Kamala and a lot of these people. This is not like some woe is me position, you know? So yeah, to know that those to those people just did that is just ridiculous. It's hilarious to watch them on this call with this old man telling them that biracial commercials is progress. <laughs> like I'm ready for him to keep, you know, talking about <clears throat> get 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 out the record player and the tape deck for the kids and make sure they got something to do and you know, make sure they watch the television set. And <laughs> television set. <laughs> and to make sure that they're playing um that they're able to play their video games and they're able to listen to their eight track tapes. And <laughs> I'm just I'm just with you. <laughs> I, like I, I I will try my best not to take very much in this presidency, seriously, but honestly, yeah, I, I just, I'm ready for the joke real, y'all. I'm ready for the joke real. You know, just, uh, I have, uh, my focus now when it comes to politics is our people. And I yes. think for, for years, you and I both, we kind of like, we had a lot of focus on like Democrats versus Republicans, because I mean, pop, who makes the policy makes the way things go, right? So I understand that. But I feel like now, like I said before, like if, if it ain't for like the material benefit of me and my people, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not as invested anymore in like the, no. I used to watch MSNBC. I've like, got yep, so did. much. Yeah, no, much. Um, but I can't do it anymore, man. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite personalities on, uh, on, on the tweet streets. Um, I think you guys um, should follow this guy. Um, I'm trying to find his Twitter. Good thing I can cut up episodes. This was a, this was a random. Justin, is it Justin? 
here it is. Justin Jackson, he's a football player, but he's a leftist. And uh-huh. he went at yet he went at the uh what's her name? What's the black lady on MSNBC? Damn, what's her name? The black lady on MSNBC. Is it huh? It's not Joy Reid, is it? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy Reid. He went at her ass. And I was I cannot stand Joy Reid one of the reasons I stopped watching MSNBC. I'm gonna cut all this, by the way. <laughs> but he went at, he went on her. Uh, I, I Okay, so I'm going to jump back in right now, okay? Got it. So, yeah. So, one of my, um, one of my favorite personalities on uh, Twitter, Justin Jackson, um, he plays for the Chargers, but he's also a leftist, and he has a lot of poignant tweets on, uh, on the tweet streets. But recently, he went at um, – he was uh, – he had a comment that he made towards Joy Reid, um, which you can go on his Twitter and see the full comment. But he had an interesting uh, a, a point. He said, because if you guys know, uh, Joy Reid, some of her takes kind of make my brain explode. Uh, she, talked about, <laughs> she talked about how the Haitian revolution was so violent and um, she just has a lot of American American viewpoints on a lot of the events that happened in our past. Um, But you have to understand that she kind of, she speaks to the MSNBC audience. So whatever Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, whether it's speaking against healthcare for all or Medicare for all, um, she does it, right? So um, he recently said to her, he tweeted her and he said, "Um, it's funny when people like you think you have moral high ground when in reality, Every single day you use your platform to purposely misinform struggling Americans is that your worldview begins and ends with hating Republicans, all while allowing establishment Democrats to deny Americans the same exact things while just coding her in a nicer facade. Um, And so I think we have to also see that with these leaders that are on these causes. When you when you talk about like your political viewpoint, if your political viewpoint typically is just Republicans bad. (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, I check out. I'm, ch- I'm. I've already. I'm already checked out. So, like a lot of the a lot of the people in that call, they're just all Republicans bad, and it's because the Democratic Party pays them through many different means, whether it's through affiliation or through initiatives or through spearheading things or through partnerships or through fundraisers. Um, the Democratic Party supplies a lot of funding to a lot of these people, so they're not going to be critical. They're not going to fight back. Um, and they're going to sit on calls and let an old white man talk down to them like children for an hour. Um, and they're also going to do things like BLM, who, again, maybe they're not formally affiliated, but a lot of what they do is in association with different facets of the Democratic Party. So they're going to beg for meetings because they want to get jobs um, and to hell with actual and material changes in our communities mm-hmm. so that's how you go full circle yeah yeah <laughs> i don't think i did enough for you to hell with you, you know? the hell with y'all and if y'all don't like our take so <laughs> the hell with y'all, the hell with y'all. <laughs> that's I'm that's the thing to do going into 2031. I'm the only white boy doing it out here. I'm the only one out here. What tarnation? What? 
it's gonna be I feel like we gonna get some tarnations, yo. We gonna get some tarnations. Somebody was going on uh somebody was saying something about uh black men who voted for Trump, right? Which that's a whole nother discussion because you've never seen a demographic who's the second highest demo- demographic to vote for Democrats get dragged through mud for voting for Trump. But this happened. Uh and somebody said, Well, who put him there? Who put black men in jail? Like <laughs> it was like, so Trump is evil and he's allowing certain people, he's not giving pardons to certain black men. And then you got Biden who by by his own means put black men in jail. So it seems to me we're fucked either way. <laughs> Seems to me. I that mean, and, and Kamala, just, Kamala just doubles down on the um, on the uh, uh, top cop team, Top Gun. We gonna start calling Top? No, no, not not Top Gun. Keep, listen, um, listen, Jessica. What what was the joint with um, Eddie the Murphy top and cop Nick, Nick, in California? Was it? Yeah. What was was it? Which was was that? Forty eight hours. Yeah, yeah, no. I think so. No, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, but I feel like he did a bunch of them. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. forty-eight hours. All right. And what what was the one with um him and Mel Gibson? D- didn't they do? Or was that forty-eight hours? That's lethal weapon, right? That's lethal. Fucking lethal weapon. Yes, lethal weapon. Can we call him lethal weapon? Let's call him lethal weapon. Administration lethal weapon. <laughs> <Slow>. <laughs> Oh, good well, first, I gotta, I gotta say this to you. I'm mad that. Oh, okay, I understand. I was gonna say I'm mad you, uh, you confused uh, Eddie Murphy for Danny Glover, but, <laughs> but in 48 hours, it is Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, and then listen, you have- that is a that was a very well used classic. 80s, 90s, you know, charismatic yet shoot 'em up, bang bang enough to be considered hyper masculine of the time. Still that a was a cop. that was a trope, yo. They did that a lot. They yeah, even I'm, gave and, that. Yeah. They even gave that to us. A freaking Predator, and Predator is one of my favorite movies ever. But what was the what? It was Danny Glover, and who was the white person? I don't know. It wasn't Arnold at the time. I don't know. Damn it! Like Arnold was in one of them. He it's was the in buddy cop movies, yo. Yeah, the buddy cop. They always gotta be a different race. Like they always gotta be one gotta be black and one gotta be white. What happened? What's the shower? That was the. That was uh, uh, Chan and uh, Chris Chris Tucker, right? Oh yeah, well then that's when we get into the nineties and two thousands. Then that's a little flavor in it now. So yeah, we add a little flavor. We let one of the cops be Asian, you know. (laughs) It's we we're progressive, is what we are. There you go. A little flavor in there. A little difference. You know, because also the villains changed. The villains changed in the 80s and 90s. They were always um, like Russian-esque, right? They were always Russian-esque. And then toward the end of the 90s and into the 2000s or whatever, then they all started to be Arab folks, with a sprinkling here or there of like um, uh, African child soldiers and and um, and um, 
you know, Mexican drug cartels. Mm-hmm. They they had all, you know, the, the villains changed to those. So interesting times when progressive. We're getting somewhere. No, but um like you were saying, uh, you know, Kamala and and I, I that that was one thing that kind of made my brain explode is like you see like I think they call him the K Hive or something like that on on the socials where it's like Yeah. You never called her you guys are being whatever ism to her. And it's like, fam, she is on a camera in a press conference saying she's a cop cop. <laughs> like her policies are literally on the internet. Like this is what she did. And like she if she ain't making excuses for it, can we stop? Why are you? Can we just stop? But yeah, so like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so if you guys want to see this video of your mans um, talking to these black folks like kids, you can hit on it, go on the YouTubes. Biden meeting with civil rights leaders from December 8th. It's a spectacle. If you're not into humiliation, take our word for it and just maybe go on Twitter and search the words and you'll find people, people's reactions. but yeah, so like that's all of the like society stuff we want to talk about today, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's far enough because we we've been potting for a little minute. We was just gonna do thirty minutes, get in and get out. But we had some stuff to talk about. We had to laugh at these niggas because it been some funny shit going on. Ridiculous. <laughs> We're gonna get into. Um, we're gonna start doing more conceptual episodes. So, um, but yeah. this we had to do this little current event update since it's been a couple of months. But yeah, these. Uh, mm-hmm. When I watched this video, I just thought it needed to be touched on <laughs> because, mm-hmm. like, this is putting the quiet part out in the open. You know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of quiet parts out in the open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we would have never known this, yo. If whoever on that call didn't, or maybe it was somebody who set the call up, but if whoever that person was didn't put it out, we would just not have known this meeting even occurred, you know? And then you get to see and what. Everybody knows that everybody leaks everything now. So, like, why aren't people more careful with their language where it could be recorded? Like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, but then you have to understand tell too. Biden that you should probably watch the things that you say in public that is not behind a closed door that ain't nobody bugged. That's the point. His communications person is Simone. <laughs> Simone Sanders. And she, you know, I. I, she is not my favorite person in the world from what she does on the internet, but like she's a black woman and it has baffled me despite how I may feel about some of her own public statements that she has still, I mean, she can't allow him to do anything. He is an adult and he is now the president, but he has not been advised to have better messaging. Um, and he has said things repeatedly. I mean, if you don't have to be accountable for yourself before you yeah. become president, there is no way yeah. you will ever be held accountable when you are president. Um, yeah. Period. So when I see BLM, again, the BLM Global Network, not the local chapters, when I see them, or Patrice specifically, asking for a meeting for a... Uh, 
generic, you know, using all kinds of revolutionary rhetoric, accept any demands, just asking to have a meeting and just dropping word salad so that you could probably get a job. I'm thinking that this is what some of these grifters are wanting to sign up for. Talk down to me for a few minutes and then let me be the head of something so I can have me a job. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like that's the goal. So when I see these things, it's like we got to let the world see. Um, one of my favorite books ever in life. And I mean, if you've never read this book, then you need to. Let's see. It is Black No More by George Schuyler. Honest to God. Oh, and what was the one with, um, what was it? Journey to Lincoln? It was like this whole, was that done by Ishmael Reed? I think so. I'm just checking. Flight to Canada. There you go. Flight to Canada by Ishmael Reed and Black No More by George Schuyler. Read them in tandem. Yes, Ishmael Reed um, is more or less a student of George Schuyler. So, you know, similar veins there. But through both of those books, you get so much ironic racial commentary. And also, because they're both very hyperbolic, but they're telling, you know, things about ourselves and about how others interact with us. We interact with each other and how we interact with others and, and all that type of stuff. And that was one thing that was um, brought up and focused on about, you know, there being like meetings and whatever of like they, they had, of course, they they made up characters. But, you know, obviously one was W.E.B. Du Bois and obviously one was Marcus Garvey and so on and so forth. You know, that Vanguard then at the time, just as an example. And, you know, how they would have meetings with these people and meetings with those people and what have you and how. And and the boondocks is made fun of similar things too. So like, you know, they all sound like one thing or one thing or other um, in public and the messaging that they give in public and what have you. But then behind the closed doors is where all the real conversations happen and all the real conversations, those people who you think are at odds in public, they sit back and, you know, crack a beer with each other and like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go on this topic. You know, I think I'm gonna catch the wave on this particular topic uh, for a while. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that and I'm milk that and you know like a lot of that goes on a lot of that happens um the conversations that they have with white power structure folks are different than um you know the position and the the positions that they take that we see in public and you know again all those backdoor conversations are different but in addition to that it brings home the point that um if these people's activism and advocacy and whatever really worked, they would be out of a job. So you got to keep that peace in mind because <laughs> what else are they going to do? Like, it's not like that same person, like, let's say, you know, the struggle that they're struggling for in particular ends or whatever the case may be, they're going to turn around and now go do what? Be a, uh, uh, a regional manager at Aeropostel or some shit? No. So like... <laughs> There are just so many folks of, you know, in our own community, of our own community, 
who are lifetime activists, but you're not supposed to be a lifetime activist. I understand working in nonprofits and NGOs and all that type of thing. That's different slightly, but you're not supposed to be a lifetime activist. You're supposed to be working to put yourself out of a job. That's the whole point. You're supposed to be working to put yourself out of a job in whatever incremental way or large way. So the fact that these people obviously do not and have never done that, you know, that's 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 telling in and of itself, you know, of what their actual aim is. They're not doing activism because of how you're supposed to be doing it, which is, again, excuse me, trying to work to put yourself out of a job. Um that that ain't that ain't the aim and focus, and that's why them niggas sat there and didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they ain't sat, sat there and didn't say nothing. Right. But I that's mean, why sat there and say I think also it comes. It's an interesting point because um, I agree. I agree with that statement in some aspects. Um, I think it's it's about too that you can be a lifetime activist, but it's about where the money comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the critique on BLM is some people have of like, who's funding them. I don't really care about, mm-hmm. I do care about that because who's funding you controls your narrative. But what I really, what really kind of makes me mad is that the money is not being used for what it's supposed to be used right. for. Where is it coming um, from? And most importantly, where is it going? Yeah, where is it going? And if it's going to enhance your life, it's, it's wow, it's like churches, right? Um, if it's going to invent, advance your life to a level of stark class separation, um, where you're going on luxurious trips on your Instagram, um, and you're doing all this kind of stuff, and you're buying homes, and you're um you're getting deals to write um <laughs> to write uh what can i say uh what what do we call it like uh white Memoir. savior pieces and things like that and uh yeah. you know if it's if the money is not going to the people if your work is not benefiting the people mm. then it's no work at all um i'm sorry if i keep quoting Kwame Ture in like abstract ways for people who are up on Kwame Ture, but like that's true. Um, if if your work is not benefiting the people, then it's 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 you're not doing work for us. And I mean, it's you can say, well, who's who's to judge what benefits the people or not? Uh-huh. I can say this is sitting up on a call and letting that man say the thing uh-huh. that he said. your motivation to sit on that call and allow him to talk to you like that is because you want to keep your place within the system so i think that's the separation it's like i meant to mention that earlier yeah yeah if it's all about (laughs) self-preservation yeah they just want to improve their positioning in the system they're not not trying to dismantle any of this word (laughs) you can't reform nothing you can't reform something that is built for its purpose right it's Um, built for its purpose and let me be super duper clear that i am of the mind of do everything so do everything you possibly can from every angle you possibly can in order to improve dismantle do all of that shit i am of the mind of do all of it however 
However, my critique is very, and you know, like my personal views, which I don't think will ever really pan out. I don't think it'll ever actually happen. Um, Truth be told, I'm a little more separatist than some people. Like, I, I truly believe and would like for us to have like our own like place that is ours and whatever or to go and be part of places that are ours whatever way that works out like you know repatriation is a big thought for me stuff like that so like i'm totally you know in favor of that however i also am not about to and i've been on here and spoken before very um transparently about my claws with people who say all these grandiose ideological things that they're basically chastising and charging the whole rest of the race to do that they not sitting there doing no type of work to see shit through themselves i like i don't i don't like generals who lead their troops into battle that they not gonna fight that's not I don't like those people whatsoever. It's not my, so therefore that's not my bag. So, you know, and then therefore that's my critique also. Like, so I'm not a person who says, you know, I'm I'm separatist leaning yet. Like, I'm not going to go out here touting it because at the end of the day, I know I'm really not about to do a whole lot to make that a reality. (laughs) Like at the very most, you'll see me repatriate at the very most, or, you know, be an expat, whichever way you want to, you know, characterize it, you know, me moving back to the continent or to whatever, um, someplace where it's predominantly black, you know, that's about as the extent I'm fixing to do. But else than that, um, yeah, I I don't... not to even like cut you off, but that's because of your reality, right? Like, right, right, right. Reality, yeah, you're just trying I, to survive. Like, yeah, I'm entirely practical. I'm entirely yeah. practical. While I do have, you know, my um, the lofty things that I would really, in a perfect world, like to see happen, um, but I'm not about to go out, you know, doing the most to try to make them things happen. Not all of them, not most of them, even. So. <laughs> Therefore, you know, um, I'm keeping it real practical. And that's why I said do everything, do everything across the board. And also because, you know, strict revolution is not all of our wheelhouse. And as we've said on here before, that's not really what we're built for. And that's not really what we're, you know, most black folks just want to survive and they just want to live well and be left the hell alone. Like they don't want to be involved in none of this shit. The majority of us don't want to be involved in no type of fight against nobody or protecting ourselves from nobody. Who the hell wants to live in that all the time? That's not the aim and that's not the focus. We don't want that. We're, we're thrown into it by happenstance because that is the reality and system and situation into which we're born. You know, racism is by its, is, by definition and is of in and of itself like tony morrison said a distraction it's an interrupter we want to go about being our human selves and this racism shit keeps interrupting all the time as was also said in you know one of my fave shows lovecraft country as is said by myriad of other folks, tons of other folks, um, plethoras of other folks, um, racism is an interrupter. So we would really, and this goes to any race of people who might be listening, Black folks just want to mind our own damn business at the end of the day. We just want to live and be human beings. 
but racism always interrupts that. And so there are those of us who take up various levels of addressing that or trying to do something about it, right? Um, and to that end, everyone has different skill sets, different skill levels, different capacities that they can, you know, deal with and capacities that they can work in. Therefore, you know, everybody ain't going to be a Tucson and everybody ain't going to be somebody, you know, marooning. That's not everybody's wheelhouse. <laughs> so some people have to go run for office and all those types of things. And as you already said, that always brings its own problems because, of course, you can't you got to play the game if if the, those are the parts that you're you know going to do if you're going to be in office you got to play the game to whatever degree so you are becoming part of um the oppressor which was part of the aim of uh, capitalism i mean not capitalism um yeah capitalism yeah. and colonialism yeah colonialism. that's the whole point even you know, to, to reproduce the system in these new people yeah. <laughs> and to make these people agents of the system yeah just to like to piggyback off of you where it's while we while a lot of us don't want while racism is a disruptor a lot of us just want to live our lives pay our bills work love each other um we you know racism is is a disruptor The, the stark difference though is you have people who go into office with the goal of personal benefit using radical language or using these things and they purposefully um, set us back so that they can more ingratiate themselves and benefit from the system that is oppressing us that's kind of the, the separation right is like yes it is hard it is difficult some of us just want to survive but then there are some of us who use our struggle to benefit themselves and put you know, at, at, at the cost of the rest of us. And, you know, and that's really the separation from what we've been discussing, you know, previously in this episode. Yeah. See, this is what happens when we go away for like weeks and months. And, <laughs> you know, we, we, we take any type of hiatus, whether planned or not. This is what we, happens. We, we have a billion words to say. We didn't even touch on everything, though. We just. No, we didn't. We didn't go into how we've been doing. So I guess we going to do the re up on that, you know, a year in uh, review and whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll give y'all one of those before uh, New Year's, hopefully, before New Year's. Yeah, and, and we're going to be back, too, because we, we have these episodes that we're actually planning um, to talk about. Um, and just to give you guys more more insight, um, we're going to be picking apart certain topics in uh, Black society, um, mm-hmm. in our Blackness, and just diving deep on them. Because um, mm-hmm. we, we dove deep on two news items today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so imagine if we had like some organized thought on a topic that is uh, very dear in our society. Um, I think we could, you know, we could really uh, have fun on that. So coming soon. Soon come, soon come. But, Thank y'all for tuning in. Yeah. But before we leave. Before we leave. Everything we good? You straight? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, we'll do, you know, a update where we've been, what's life been like, and, you know, real human life stuff, 
we gonna come back with that, right? I think we are. Great. So uh, yeah. yeah, I'll save that for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining us on this uh, quick, but maybe not so quick. Um, nah, I don't think this is quick at all. I think we clocked like a good two hours in here. <laughs> <laughs> This far long as hell. <laughs> it's funny though because uh, you know it. We really only talked about like two two news items yeah. that came up, but yeah, I mean everything is so connected. Um, you think that you flesh out thought on one thing, but then yeah, there's so man. much more depth to it. Because we had so many, we had different things to say during pre-pie, and boy, we still had more than enough to talk about about the same exact topics, and really didn't even cover all the stuff that we said in pre. Yeah, so <laughs> that's true. Crazy, well, yeah. We 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 got a lot to talk about, a whole a whole lot, a whole lot. Yeah. To talk about. And, I, and um, you know, the things that we talked about on today's episode, they're going to continue happening. Um, for sure. The the activist grift is. Lord, it's going to be ever present. Um, There's been a whole lot of grift just across the socials, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Biden oh, thing hasn't even been sworn in yet. So we're going to have a lot of talk on this guy, I'm sure, over the next couple of years. Um, but yeah. yeah, thank you guys for tuning in with us, man. This was a nice little check-in. Uh, we will be back soon. Thank you for staying subscribed. Yes, Anything yes, you wanna say? yes. Tell your friends. Tell your tell your homies and all of that um jump in the conversation we are the blackocracy on all socials you can uh email us we are the blackocracy at gmail.com email us some thoughts some uh some um topics some yeah, you know, yeah some topics suggestions, um, some takes We'll, 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 we with shits, we with it. We'll, yeah, and when, when you send us topics, it doesn't have to be current events. We're going to, we'll touch on does. the current event stuff, like how we just did. Um, but give us some topics, some like, some dynamics in our community that you want yeah. us to dive on. Cause that's, that's yeah. some really dope substance talk that I want to get into. Yeah. You can send us other articles, videos, anything like that. Yeah, we'll totally, yep. We'd love to see that. Definitely. Oh, and if you have any reading lists, any yes. um, any resources, um, share it with us. I'm trying to compile some yeah. great resources for the community. I've actually ran into some great reading lists, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, I'm a <laughs> I'm more on the leftist side of the thought, and especially when it comes to blackness. Um, mm-hmm. So please try to send me stuff in that vein. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, send some resources over um, and we can shed some light on it. Um, we also have a creative a creative episode that's going to drop and we talk about some create, black creative resources on there. So you, um, if you yeah. haven't heard it and it's up, yeah, we, already had that one that. In, we already had that one loaded in the clip for y'all. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to go into 2021 with uh, some new content um, and yeah. Looking forward to the best.